I'm Brandon Isle. I'm here with Ben Watson. He's the director of the Rexburg Children's Choir, and they have a big concert coming up. Ben, thanks for joining me in the studio today. My pleasure. This is so fun. You're doing a Christmas concert again this year with the Children's Choir, and we've talked to you a few times over the years. Um, kind of catch us up and tell us about this concert. Yeah, so this is uh, a big annual event that we do. The Christmas concert is probably our biggest production that we do every year. And uh, we're going to be performing on stage with Adasa. She's um, probably better known to most people as the voice of Dolores in Encanto, Disney's film Encanto. And she sings in the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, which of course everybody loves, especially the kids. And so we commissioned a special arrangement of We Don't Talk About Bruno for this Christmas show that Adasa is going to be performing with the kids on stage. That's so cool. Uh, so a special arrangement, like do you have some of the kids doing solos with her, those different parts? Yeah, yeah, we do. So we have approximately 100 kids in the Rexford Children's Choir. And throughout the concert, we have various numbers where we've got certain um, children from the choir that will be featured as soloists. So we do have some kids that will be featured as soloists with We Don't Talk About Bruno, but the whole choir is involved with that song. It's Definitely their favorite song <laughs> for the production, yeah. How many songs do you have them singing in the concert? Gosh, I didn't, offhand, I can't really tell you. Maybe between eight and ten. Um, and then, of course, Adasa has some songs that she'll be presenting as well. From curtain to curtain, it'll be approximately an hour and 20-minute show. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so this will be a, a good one to go to. And I just checked, there are just over 100 tickets left, so <laughs> get yeah, in there quick. It's definitely going to sell out. We're two weeks out from today, um, and it always sells out. So if anyone who's hearing this is interested in, in going to the show, you better get online today or soon, because I know they will sell, sell out. Yeah. So you started the Rexburg Children's Choir in 2018? Yeah, um, Actually, 2000, yeah, 2018. And since that time, we have performed with uh, Grammy nominees, Grammy award winners, um, number one billboard artists. Um, we do music videos, but we do live productions. We're not an audition choir, but we have a high standard for focus and preparation. And So any kid who wants to be a part of the choir can be a part of the choir, regardless of their singing ability. Um, and we just we just want them to learn some of those other principles on how to pay the price of practice. Not a money thing, but more just a commitment thing. And uh, really have uh, had a wonderful time with it. The choir's the, the choir's done a lot in the short amount of time that we've been around. We were featured uh, in national broadcasts of NBC Nightly News for the work that we did during COVID. Um, we had some creative ways that we were producing some choral productions, and then Inside Edition caught wind of that, and they did a national, included us, uh, 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 highlighted us in one of their national broadcasts. And then recently I get this um, notification from the Oxford University Press. Oh, Oxford University Press is putting out a publication where they're focusing on, um, well, a lot of it is them looking at community choirs around the world and how they were able to persist during the pandemic and where they start talking about children's choirs, the choir that is 
kind of their case study that they're looking at is the Rexburg Children's Choir. Oh, wow. So have they done some interviews with you? And what they, they haven't really done interviews with me. Well, we have emailed back and forth, um, but what they've gathered for their publication that's of interest to them is already publicly available. What NBC Nightly News um, talked about in their two-and-a-half-minute broadcast about that production that happened, and then um, there was a blog post that I wrote about it as well. Uh, and then they were just in touch with me regarding other things like, you know, do we have do you have talent release forms uh, for the kids and stuff like that? So I was able to work through more of the legal stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's neat that people are taking notice of of this choir that's only four years old. People are taking notice. Uh, yeah, and it's really satisfying to me uh, because it demonstrates that from a very small rural <laughs> part of the world, you know, East Idaho, we have these children are touching the lives of people literally all over the world. And we're not out to impress. And it's um, one of the, I guess you could say, mottos that we have, which is we uh, we say we seek to express, not to impress. And we find that uh, if we can touch the life of somebody, one person, like we don't keep track. I, I personally don't keep track of, the, you know, vanity views on YouTube, for example. I'm not interested in the, the gross amount of views. I'm interested in the anecdotal comment that I receive from somebody overseas or somebody that's going through a hard time um, that is inspired that day because of what the kids were able to do. Yeah. And it's funny you say you're not interested in those numbers, but you are also getting those numbers as as people do find you mm-hmm. and it touches them. They're going to share it with other people and, and hopefully touch Def- other people's lives. Right, definitely. So, I mean, we are we do make our music available, obviously, on YouTube. We publish everything native to Facebook, too, but we're... Um, online streaming like Apple Music, Spotify, and people are finding us. They're they're hearing us. They're listening to us. Yeah, and what I find remarkable is Rexburg, like you said, is small, but it's a very musical area. But that means the kids are being pulled in different directions, and so it's hard. How do you capture enough kids for a choir who are also doing concerts and musicals and? All these other, th- you know, sports, they're, they're heavily involved in a lot of things, but they, they're spending time with you in the choir. Right. It's a great question. And I, I don't really know how we capture them with you because there's only so many hours in a week. Um, but I do make it clear to the families that, you know, I get that there are a lot of things happening in the lives of these kids. It's, you know, young men, young women on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights with their church groups or other school activities. So I, I actually try to be very understanding and work well with them. Um, obviously, scheduling conflicts will arise. We realize that the Rexburg Children's Choir isn't the number one priority in everybody's life, but we we do try very hard to, to make it a welcoming environment for any kid that wants to be involved. So, yeah, we have kids from Rexburg that participate, but we have um, – kids from Idaho Falls that are in this carpool group that come to Rexburg to be part of the Rexburg Children's Choir. We have a lot of kids from, or a significant number of kids from Rigby that um, come here as well. So um, it's attracting the the attention of quite a, quite a few families. Yeah. It's so fun. I know 
didn't you have a Idaho Falls like chapter <laughs> yeah. for a time? Yeah, we did. Right before COVID hit, uh, at our peak, we had 230 Ooh. children involved with the choir. I mean, it, it just seemed like there was no no cap. You know, there's more and more people wanted to be involved, and I loved that. It's just, it just was very difficult um, as far as time was concerned. Um, the Rexburg Children's Choir um, still is a new organization. Back then was a very new organization. There are two conductors, two directors, me and Cherie Hastings, and we were doing a rehearsal in Rexburg for the kids that wanted to rehearse there, or if you wanted to be in the Idaho Falls group, we had a rehearsal group every week in, in Idaho Falls. And I had parents that had reached out to me before I had started that Idaho Falls group. Oh, well, I had a few parents from Idaho Falls say, hey, would you be interested in maybe doing something in Idaho Falls? And I thought, well, I'm sure, if there's enough demand there. So I put a little post, a survey on Facebook um, asking is that question. If, if I were to open a, you know, a rehearsal group for the Rexburg Children's Choir in Idaho Falls, uh, would you be interested in participating in that? And within a day, we had 100 families that expressed interest in it. So... We said, well, let's, let's do it. So definitely this interest. But then COVID hit. And during the time that we were, like the rest of the world, kind of shut down and trying to recalibrate and reevaluate how we were going to work through this, um, it allowed us to kind of take pause as an organization and, and kind of recalibrate how we might um, move forward once we get out of the pandemic. And so once we uh, move forward after the pandemic, um, we moved to just one rehearsal group again in Rexburg. We capped enrollment at 100 kids, and the age is now ages 10 to 17, whereas before we were accepting children as, as young as 6, right. 6 to 17. So now it's 10 to 17, and we just rehearse in Rexburg. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a learning curve, and you're, you're figuring it out a little better to tighten that group and give a good experience for these kids. For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a work in progress. Every semester we learn something new um, on on how we can improve, the, you know, the next semester. Yeah, I, I love that you call it semesters because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not year round, right? Yep. It's what? How how so, often do you have practices, and what's the season for you? Yeah, great question. So it's not year round. You're correct. Uh, so we do. I guess you. So we do divide it. A, into two semesters. Uh, we tried to reflect the academic schedule that the public schools have in that we go September to December, so four months, um, is the f- what we call the first semester. And then we take a month off in January to give everybody a breather after the holidays. And there's another reason why we do that, and I'll explain. We start then again in February and go February to May. It used to be that we went January to April. But one of the lessons we learned early on was we like doing music videos and we like them, if we can, outside. <laughs> and in Rexburg, Idaho, sometimes even in April, it's really cold. So we're like, okay, let's just see what, how, how far into May we can push this. And so in order to justify doing a music video in May, let's start our rehearsals in February. Yeah. So you have uh, the Christmas concert in December, or well, it November, end of November. Right. Do you do another live concert in yeah. May? We usually do, yeah, we usually do at the end of our um, spring semester, like in May, we'll do a live concert. And it's usually 
little more chill, more, you know, it's not this grand Christmas concert. It's more relaxed. Um, and it, it typically has a, a, a music a repertoire that's more laid back, maybe folk songs. Um, like last year we did, we had, we did a joint production, joint concert with a bluegrass band that came up from, from Utah, Lincoln Highway. And it was a blast. Like it was fun. The kids were singing Grandma's Feather Bed. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, uh, those those are fun. Um, how do you choose your music for these kids? Um, that is probably one of the most challenging parts of directing the choir is is choosing the right literature. And sometimes the music um, ideas will come to me or Cherie, um, my, the other conductor for the choir and we'll say you know what do you think of this song or that song and like for example um a few years ago we we were having a meeting Cherie and I and uh we were talking about what music are we going to do this year specifically what song are we going to do for the music video and she asked me she said have you ever heard of the song from a distance <laughs> you know I'm like Cherie you're not going to believe this just yesterday I love telling the story. Just yesterday, I was thinking about that same song. I mean, I was studying it to the point to where I, I bought it on my on iTunes. I'm going to prove it to you right now. And I pulled up my iTunes. I, I just was listening to it yesterday. The fact that you were just thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, let's do it. No more questions. So we commissioned a special arrangement of that song. We reached out to David Archuleta, got his go-ahead. I mean, there was a much longer process than I'm telling you here. And uh, we got it all put together. Uh, that was one of the productions we did in the middle of COVID, by the way. Um, so sometimes it, I would say there's some serendipitous element to it. Um, we, I will tell you this though. One thing that I try to resist is I resist the temptation of choosing literature just because it's popular today. Um, although we like to do stuff that is popular, um, but just because it's popular today, uh, or maybe a flash in the pan of popularity, and everyone else is singing it. That's not good enough for me as a reason to choose it. Probably one of my most favorite pr productions we've done was one we did recently with, um, it was a song called Give Me Jesus. And it was made famous, I would say, by a singer named Fernando Ortega, a three-time Dove Award winner, very, very popular, especially in the evangelical music scene. And just very inspiring song. It's not the kind of video that we were making for the sake of getting a lot of views. It's the kind of video that we were making to, A, inspire the children, have them enjoy the experience and have a good inspirational moment with it and their families. But then it's these other ones here, twos there, that will be inspired by it. And uh, that that was definitely one of one of my favorite that we did. And another one we did, which um, it was Alan Jackson wrote a song called Let It Be Christmas. And we we did a music video on Let It Be Christmas. And it was a great one. This was another one of our COVID projects. And then I was kind of monitoring our Facebook one day. And all of a sudden, I see like just a ton of engagement on our Facebook. What is going on? Well, Alan Jackson had made, had noticed our video. <laughs> And did a little shout out on Facebook saying, hey, great job, Rexford Children's Choir. And I really appreciate what you did with this song. 
And so it's those little things that yeah. make a difference. Well, that's so neat. And I'm sure the kids, as they grow up and, and you know, move on, they're going to talk about this. They're, hey, yeah, I was in a music video and Alan Jackson, you know, they'll tell these stories and uh, it'll just keep going pretty strong. That's yeah. great. Well, back to the concert that's coming up November 29th. Yep. Adasa's going to be there. Uh, what was it like reaching out to her and, and yeah, how, how did that happen? You know, she's great. Here she is. She's this Disney star. I mean, she's the headliner at the Hollywood Christmas Ball this year. And um, the way that we were able to reach out to her is she did an interview with Emmy Eaton. You know, Emmy Eaton with East Idaho News. Her dad's the news director there. Emmy Eaton does seven questions with Emmy. And Emmy interviews lots of celebrities and high-profile people. And uh, one of her interviews with was, was with Adasa. And so Nate Eaton and I were talking one day. And um, he and I are friends from long ago. And... I was asking him some, you know, just brainstorming some ideas for performers this year. And we got to talking about Adasa. He shared with me the contact information for Adasa's manager. I reached out. And um, it was very, very easy to communicate with, with Adasa and her manager. Um, and she's very interested. Like, here's the thing. She's, she's very interested in this production because she... She's very interested in, in making it a good experience for the kids. That's where her focus seems to be, and I, I just love that. Um, yes, she is the star, and I think she knows that too. I mean, there are a lot of people coming to watch her, but she's definitely trying hard as we communicate um, in the pre-production planning to ensure that the spotlight is on the kids as much as possible. And even the songs that she's doing in her own set, she's bringing the kids in for some of those songs. Like Feliz Navidad, for example, is one of the songs she'll be singing. And the kids, she wants the kids to join in on the chorus. So Adas has been just a joy to to work with, very, very easy to work with. So it'll be a, it'll be a great experience. And, you know, when whenever we have guest um, performers come, uh, usually it's a pretty quick turnaround. They show up, we do the dress rehearsal, and then, like, the next day it's, scramble to get ready for the show and we do the show and then they're on the road and they're gone. So there's not a lot of time built in for the kids to interact with the guest artist. This year, there we made it a conscious effort to actually build that in. So the day of the concert, at noon, Adasa and the kids are going to have a pizza party. They're just going to have a pizza, pizza at lunch, you know. That is so it's cool. just like, hang out with an Encanto star and you're going to do a show later tonight and just get to know each other and have a good time. Yeah, that'll be, I imagine that will carry over into the concert, the energy of the kids on stage, and it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, uh, for people who want tickets, uh, RexburgChildrensChoir.com. Yep, there's a link on our homepage, yep, RexburgChildrensChoir.com. Um, and get them quick. Get them quick. <laughs> I promise you, it's going it, to it's gonna sell out soon. So. Yeah. Well, Ben, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for having me.